so let's get started with the first question and this is about gluten and in particular as I just said why glute why going gluten free can help with your weight loss now I'm going to actually read from one of my two of my blogs in fact here because I do not want to get this wrong so this was submitted by someone who's husband has actually gone gluten-free and has lost a lot of weight. I think it was from memory about 12 kilos in 12 weeks. So he's been doing some other stuff as well, which I'll touch on. But the main thing is that he went gluten. And the reason why he went gluten was he went to the doctor. He was having some um, some different uh, effects that made him go to the doctor. And he had some markers there that showed that he was um, celiac. So reading from this article which I've written on what is gluten so just eliminate gluten and see what happens that's what a naturopath said to me when I presented to him with fatigue at the time I was like what is gluten I went straight home and looked it up I was intrigued as to why the naturopath suggested I give up without even testing for an intolerance I went home and read article after article on gluten I was shocked at how many articles explained how bad it was with the word with the words of, of the naturopath still ringing in my ears, I decided to eliminate it from my diet for one week to see what would happen. I'd been speaking to many people about nutrition and I decided to only eat vegetables with meat, fish and chicken for that week. I won't go into detail about that week because I wrote about that in my ebook, which you can download for free on the website. The next couple of years was a steep learning curve about nutrition and in particular gluten. I paid close attention to how I felt after every single thing I ate and drank, as well as my burping, flatulence, and defecation. It might sound gross, but it helped me discover what my body could handle ingesting and what it couldn't. As I became more educated on gluten, I discovered that the most serious form of gluten sensitivity, celiac disease, affects 1 in 100 people, and milder forms of gluten sensitivity are even more common. So I did a lot of research for this blog article, which I wrote on my website at jacobandre.com. A Swedish study of almost 30,000 people from 1969 to 2008 examined deaths in three groups. One, people with celiac disease. Two, people with inflammation of their intestine but not full celiac disease. And three, people with latent celiac disease. The findings were startling. There was a 39% increased risk of death in those with celiac disease, 72% increased risk in those with inflammation of their intestine but not full celiac disease, and 35% increased risk in those with gluten sensitivity but no celiac disease. A US study comparing the blood of almost 10,000 people from 50 years ago found that the incidence of full-blown celiac disease has increased by 400%. A review in the New England Journal of Medicine reported that the following diseases can be caused by gluten, irritable bowel syndrome, inflammatory bowel disease, osteoporosis, cancer, anemia, fatigue, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, and multiple sclerosis. Gluten is also linked to anxiety, depression, autism, schizophrenia, dementia, migraines, epilepsy, and neuropathy. So what is it? Gluten is found in the grain's endosperm, which is a type of tissue produced in seeds that are ground to make flour. So just like we try to protect ourselves from, from uh, threats from, someone, from animals that are going to eat us, for example, crocodiles or lions, seeds do the same thing. They have this rough, hard, it's not rough, but this hard outer shell, which is protecting them. So gluten actually nourishes plant embryos during germination. It is commonly used in baking because it affects the elasticity of dough, binding it, puffing it up, and giving it a chewy texture. By definition, 
Gluten is defined as a family of proteins found within the seeds of grass. Many health professionals state that gluten is found in grains such as wheat, rye and barley. It's stated that rice, sorghum, millet, corn and oats are gluten free and okay for people with gluten intolerance. However, there's no such thing as a gluten free grain due to this definition because they are a grass. There's in fact over 1000 types of gluten and over 400 forms of gluten in wheat alone. One study showed that 92% of people going on a gluten-free diet had persistent inflammation because they were eating other forms of gluten. The two main proteins in gluten are glutenin and glidin. Glidin was discovered in 1952. The current definition of gluten is based on this discovery. Currently, food is only considered to contain gluten if it contains this one type of gluten, which is glidin. If food doesn't contain gliden, it can be considered gluten-free on food packaging. Some people suggest that going gluten-free when you're not gluten intolerant is not healthy because you can put on weight and become deficient in nutrients. This belief is based on substituting foods which contain gluten with the gluten-free alternative, for example, gluten-free breads, cereals, and pastas. Some gluten-free products include additional sugar to make them tastier, causing you to put on weight, some also lack vitamins and minerals which are found in whole grains, leading you to become deficient in some nutrients. Instead of substituting gluten for gluten-free alternatives, substitute gluten for more real food. Fruit, vegetables, meat, chicken, fish and nuts. So do you need to follow a gluten-free diet? If you have celiac disease or any level of gluten intolerance, then yes. But if you don't have any level, have any level whatsoever of gluten intolerance, Research suggests no, but with 1 in 100 people affected by celiac disease and an even greater number intolerant to gluten, along with the plethora of diseases and premature death that arise from gluten intolerance, I suggest it's worth speaking with a dietitian and trying, to, trying an elimination reintegration diet. Eliminate all sources of gluten, including those that are hidden and not considered to contain gluten, according to the current definition. As you slowly integrate them into your diet, pay close attention to the way they make you feel, as well as how they cause your body to respond in regards to burping, flatulence, and defecating. Since starting this journey of gluten discovery, which I consider a real food discovery, our family has been eating much more real food. Our repertoire of whole food recipes has increased and our taste buds have enjoyed the change. I've personally discovered how satiating real food, it, real food really is and how much energy it provides. I still love the taste of my grandmother's Christmas pudding, but that's just once a year and I have to keep it minimal. Um, often I will usually try to make a gluten-free alternative. It's never as good. And I do also, by the way, eat gluten-free products such as bread. I don't have the gluten-free pastas because it just becomes cloggy and it affects me still um, in my gut in, and makes me have a really bad night's sleep. So generally I keep my gluten-free products to a minimum and it's only every now and then when I have gluten-free bread, for example. And when I do do that, it's I actually do often feel the difference and I actually feel a little bit bloated and fat. So I'm going to move into another blog which was actually a guest post on my website, once again at jacobandre.com. And this is what the benefits are of a gluten-free diet. So over the past few decades, the trend of, this is actually from Dr. Nicola 
I cannot pronounce his last name, Georgievic, Dr. Nikola Georgievic. Over the past few decades, the trend of excluding gluten from diets has become extremely popular with millions of people around the world adopting this way of life. Some do so without being fully aware of all the information regarding gluten and whether gluten exclusion from their diet would actually impact their health positively. A gluten-free diet can provide some benefits to the overall health of most individuals, but before we come to these advantages, let's start with the basics. What is gluten anyway? I'm just going to quickly recap on what this is. It is a protein found in wheat, barley and rye um, and triticale and it derives its name from the glue-like characteristics of wet dough. It helps food retain its shape so it is often used uh, and not just in the food industry. It is interesting to note that gluten can even find its way into lipsticks, shampoos and envelope labels. Be aware of that if you are celiac. Gluten can also be found in a wide range of foods such as bread, baked foods, soups, pastas, cereals and oats. Avoiding these foods does not mean you've effectively eliminated gluten from your diet as the protein can be found in many products, some of which include salad dressings, milkshakes, beer, brewer's yeast, food colouring, malt extracts and sauces. It is imperative for people with celiac disease, non-celiac gluten sensitivity and wheat allergies to note the hidden sources of gluten. Some of the symptoms they might experience on consuming gluten include bloating, abdominal gas, general tiredness and fatigue, diarrhea, headaches, skin reactions, constipation, anxiety, and depression. And when someone, no, let me point this out right now, I am not a qualified dietitian. I have just done lots of reading and research on nutrition, but I'm certainly by no means a qualified dietitian. So please go and speak to your dietitian on any of this stuff when it comes to specifics with you and your lifestyle. But when someone comes to me and talks about nutrition from a fitness point of view, they come to me usually for fitness, I often say the first thing to try eliminating is gluten. The second one is often dairy, but usually people have a drastic life change when they eliminate gluten from their diet. Some of the benefits of a gluten-free diet include easier digestion, weight loss, improved metabolism and nutrient absorption. However, excluding gluten from your diet for those who are not intolerant to it is not without risk because this can lead to a number of nutritional deficiencies as I just explained. These can include inadequate levels of iron, calcium, fiber, folate, niacin and thiamine in the diet. As I said, if you are replacing these with gluten-free alternatives, then yes, but in my experience, anecdotally, if you are replacing them with real whole foods, then you actually increase your nutrients better than becoming deficient. You actually become more sufficient in those nutrients. So what foods should you avoid and what should you eat if you are gluten intolerant? Which foods, which food alternatives are available? Where can you buy them from? And which top, brand, which top brands offer the best gluten-free products? So let's go through these a little bit. So as I said, gluten um, is the general name for the proteins found in wheat, rye, barley, and triticale. The main two proteins in gluten are glutenin and gliden. The name gluten is derived from glue-like property of wet dough. Gluten helps foods maintain their shape, acting as a glue that holds food together. As I said, it can also be found in other products such as lipstick, envelope labels, shampoo, and so on. Where can they be found? Breads, baked goods, soups, pasta, cereal, sauces, salad dressings, 
as well as barley, malt, for example, malted barley flour, malted milk and milkshakes, malt extract, malt syrup, malt flavoring, malt vinegar. You might also find them in food coloring, beer, soups, and brewer's yeast. Rye, you've got rye bread, cereals, rye beer, triticale in breads, pastas, and cereals, as well as in oats. And sometimes, as I mentioned, it might say that it is gluten-free, but if it's made on the same machines as gluten products, it can certainly have gluten on it. Did you know, interesting fact, it can take three years to fully recover from a gluten-induced disease. And often in my case, when I do accidentally consume gluten, or more so in my case, wheat, it actually generally takes, I generally have a really bad night's sleep that night, and it probably takes me about three days to feel like I've fully recovered. So let's go through some of the symptoms of gluten allergy. Bloating. 87% of people who had suspected non-celiac gluten sensitivity experienced bloating. Feeling tired. 64% of gluten intolerant individuals commonly experience tiredness and fatigue. Depression. 18% of gluten sensitive individuals experience depression. Abdominal pain. 83%, this is certainly me, of those with gluten intolerance experience abdominal pain and discomfort. Headaches. 54% of gluten-sensitive individuals regularly experience headaches. Weight loss, 25% of gluten-sensitive individuals regularly experience weight loss. Diarrhea, 50% of gluten-sensitive individuals regularly experience diarrhea. Skin problems, gluten can cause four types of skin disease. 29% of gluten-intolerant individuals experience skin rash. Constipation, 25% of gluten-sensitive individuals regularly experience constipation and joint and muscle pain, 31% of gluten-sensitive individuals regularly experience fibromyalgia. Legal arm numbness. Gluten intolerance may cause neuropathy, which involves numbness in the arms and legs, with 10% of people diagnosed with celiac disease suffering from an associated neurological condition. Foggy mind, very common and topical with COVID. People have described foggy mind as being forgetful, having difficulty thinking, with 38% of gluten-sensitive individuals regularly experiencing foggy mind. Autoimmune disorders, individuals with celiac disease are more likely to get other autoimmune diseases with between five and 16% of people with Down syndrome also having celiac disease. Iron deficiency anemia, celiac disease may cause iron deficiency anemia with 22% of gluten-sensitive individuals regularly experiencing anemia and anxiety. 39% of individuals with gluten sensitive stated that they regularly experienced anxiety. Now when, take me, take it back to 2014 when I first came across all this stuff and I started finding out what gluten was and eliminating it from my diet. When I did and I changed my diet away from eating breads and pastas because typically a day of eating for me looked like wheat bix for breakfast or some toast with Vegemite or peanut butter and margarine. I quickly moved away from margarine and moved on to butter or Natalex. I like the taste of Natalex, by the way. Um, but I moved into butter. That's a whole other topic on butters and fats and stuff like that. Then for morning tea, it was usually some form of a fruit. For lunch, it was a salad roll. Then afternoon tea, it was probably some sort of snack. I have a massive sweet tooth, so it was probably some chocolate or some lollies or something. Then for dinner, it was uh, generally pasta. And then for um, dessert, I love dessert, it was ice cream. So once I stopped eating that way, and I in particular eliminated wheat, but I also started making, being careful of how much sugar I was consuming, my whole face changed. The major thing I did do, however, was to eliminate pasta and breads. 
and I increased the amount of protein that I was consuming. Now I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan, so I was eating red meat, uh, fish, chicken, eggs in particular. So, but if you are, you, certainly nuts and seeds and all the other forms of protein that you can consume to keep your protein intake up if you are vegetarian or vegan, then what, and along with, with those proteins, really, really increasing my intake of vegetables, particularly colorful vegetables, not um, white vegetables like potato, for example, but colorful vegetables, my whole face changed. It became much thinner around the cheeks. My jawbone started to become more pronounced. Uh, I lost weight, particularly around my midsection, which is where I generally hold it. And people really started to notice the difference and they started saying things like, what have you done? Have you lost weight? I typically sit around 72, 73 kilos. At the moment, I'm a little bit heavier. Um, I'm sitting around 75 kilos. So it does fluctuate a little bit, but when I did give up gluten and wheat, I dropped right down to between 69 and 71 kilos. And I was quite regularly at 69 kilos when I was training regularly. And I was able to maintain that weight so much easier. So instead of sitting around 72, 73, I was typically sitting around 69, 70. Just simply by giving up the, primarily giving up wheat. I still eat lots of sugar and at the moment I'm probably at 75 kilos because I just have a massive sweet tooth and I do enjoy ice cream but, and I haven't been doing a lot of exercise uh, admittedly, but I have really changed in the way that I eat around wheat. So let's move on to um, health issues tied to gluten. So you've got celiac disease, which is up 60%, non-celiac gluten sensitivity, which is six to 10 times higher than celiac disease. Uh, we've got wheat allergies. Symptoms of wheat allergy reaction can range from mild, such as hives, or severe, such as anaphylaxis. And wheat allergy is one of the most common food allergies. Uh, this, this actually one was from Canada. Um, one of the most common food allergies in Canada. And here's another little interesting fact. More than 55 diseases have been linked to gluten-type protein found in wheat, rye, and barley. So one in four people, here's some gluten-free life in numbers. Gluten-free customer demographics. One in four of people aged 18 to 24 eat gluten-free foods. 27% of people eat gluten-free food to help them in their weight loss efforts. In my opinion, it's one of the best ways to go about weight loss when it comes to nutrition. 59% of women agree gluten-free products are worth the extra cost. Product discovery, one in 10 customers say a mobile app to help locate gluten-free products would impact their purchases. 51% of customers would say, I'd say a dedicated aisle in stores would influence their, them to purchase gluten-free foods. And 37% of customers believe manufacturers should not label products as gluten-free if they never contain gluten in the first place. That's something that really annoys me too, by the way. All right, so that is... Um, I'm going to wrap up. Oh, one last, last interesting fact. Wheat-free doesn't mean gluten-free. So if it does, just because it says it doesn't have wheat doesn't mean that it's gluten-free. So it can have absolutely no wheat in the case of the lipsticks and shampoos, for example. It certainly doesn't have wheat in it, but has gluten. So just because it says it's wheat-free doesn't mean it's gluten-free. Okay, so what foods can you eat? Eggs, beans, peas, legumes, corn, rice, fish, meat. By definition, however, um, rice, and, rice and corn are um, part of that family. So sometimes in the most extreme of celiac cases, they can't have rice. Fruits, you can, you can consume fruits, butter, flax, buckwheat, sorghum, cheese. Just be careful on that flax, buckwheat, and sorghum. Um, Millet, same. 
potato, chicken, nuts, seeds, seafood, oils, vegetables, and soy. And of course, you may be intolerant to them for other reasons. Fun fact, gluten accounts for 75 to 85% of the total protein in bread wheat.